0: Thanks for joining us for another God inspired message from C3 Church Monash. Connect with us online at c3monash.org.au and we hope you enjoy today's message. Morning. Would you all just lift your hands in this place? Father God, we just thank you so much that you're here. Lord, we thank you that you bring us to moments of surrender in your presence. God, we thank you for your peace that comes as we surrender to you. We thank you for hope that comes as we surrender to you. We thank you that you'd just be so glorified in this place this morning. God, I pray for every heart. Lord, that you'd bring comfort. God, that you would speak to us through your word this morning. Lord, and that we would walk in something new out of here this morning amen oh it's really good to be in church I'm really happy to be here and I'm really happy that you're here this morning and it's just such a privilege that we actually get to meet together and I want you to thank you for for making this part of your Sunday for um, actually spending this time and week by week you make this time and you make it available to God and to each other, to encourage each other, to hear from Him and to be renewed and restored and to walk in with Him during your week. So, I just wanted to thank you and encourage you. Give yourself a pat on the back. Good job being here, especially on the long weekend. And we bless those people who are off having having a restorative time away as well. Um, team, thank you so much. You can take a seat. Um, and we're going to get into... The Word of God this morning, um, yeah, I'm excited to be able to share with you um, and just got a, a couple of things to say this morning. I'm probably not going to get through it all. I think I definitely over-prepared, but I'm trusting that God will just lead us through and um, and give me the wisdom to just share what what um, is on his heart this morning. So thanks, pray for me. Um, <laughs> cool, so we're going to have like a little bit of land room time as we start. Um, this morning. So last week Pastor Steve mentioned that there was actually an A Current Affair report that aired this week um, uh, involving C3 Australia Um, and so I just wanted to make you aware that that has happened during the week and that there's actually a response from C3 Australia that's available. Um, It's been posted to our Instagram and Facebook and to the C3 Australia website so if you saw that and you want to kind of find out more information that is available to you Um, And I also just wanted to encourage you that, as, um, as Andrew said before, as a community, we value conversation. And if you're a member of the church and you've found any of the topics that are covered in the story brought up anything for you I'd really encourage you to begin a conversation around that it's really healthy um, we extend that same invite as we always do in an environment that's safe to have a conversation about it if there's anything that it's stirred in your heart and you need to actually journey that I'd encourage you that that's part of actually working out your faith with fear and trembling as it says in Philippians two twelve. we need to have these conversations we need to actually take things to God and go hey would you bring healing here um, if there's things that have come up, and, um, and I thank you for praying for our leaders, thank you for praying for Phil and Chris, thank you for praying for Steve and Deb and, and John and Dan, um, and please continue to do that, cool, um, yeah, really excited about Matt and Sam's baby, Ezekiel, and thank you for praying for him as well. Um, Sam just had this word, really belief that God would said that he will live. Um, and we've just been believing with her with that. And there's just been p- such peace surrounding that situation. So thank you. Thank you um, as a church for gathering around them and continue to pray for them in these coming weeks as Ezekiel is um, yeah, just developing. Cool. Okay, so we're moving into, um, we've had a theme over spring and that has been generation to generation um, and our key verse coming out of Joel 1, 2 to 3 in the New Living Translation. Hear this you leaders of the people, listen all who live in the land, in all your history has anything like this happened before? Tell your children about it in the years to come and let your children tell their, ge- their children. Pass the story down from generation to generation. So that idea of like passing the story down, the things that God has done. In September, we looked at the topic of repentance, turning back our hearts. Steve Miles um, spoke about how our repentance will strengthen what's inside so we can handle what's outside. Ben Aiken spoke about burning the ships and stepping into a new day. In repentance, we destroy the things we're turning away from and we return to God with all our hearts. Ben Rundle had his massive list of the types, of different types of locusts. Did anyone like, find that highly amusing? <laughs> um, and he talked about how that we need to be aware of the locusts, the small sins in our lives. Like locusts, even though small, if not dealt with, they'll quickly turn in, they can actually do significant damage to the, the harvest. What the seemingly little things, attitudes or habits in our hearts, they require repentance. Pastor Steve last week spoke about how repentance is the way that we make progress in the Christian life. Repentance is a gift given to us in the context of God's goodness. Everything about God's character is actually supposed to melt our hearts, bringing us to a place of repentance. And as I've been reflecting on that idea of turning back our hearts, I was remembering um, my sister-in-law, when she was training her kids, um, one of the things she she taught them to do is respond to the phrase, walking away. So she would, um, you know, if they were kind of getting into something or about to get into danger or um, even just being plain annoying, um, she would say to them, hey, Trell, walk away. And they would immediately stop what they were doing turn around and march off going, walking away. (laughs) And uh, like, it came kind of like a catch cry in our family. So sometimes if Steve was doing something, I'd be like, walk away, Steve. And he'd be like, walking away. (laughs) Um, But I thought that's just such a nice picture of what repentance is. It is walking away. (laughs) Repentance involves obedience and trust, trusting that God is good And if he says what I'm doing is not good for me, then I turn and walk away, even if I don't see the full picture and even if I don't understand. And I'll be honest, repentance sure doesn't always look like that for me. (laughs) Um, Yeah, often it's really a wrestle with lots of whys and denial and like, are you sure, God? I don't know. Um, (laughs) But And often a lot of attitude. Who has attitude about repenting sometimes? (laughs) Um, But one day, I hope that my response to the kind conviction of the Holy Spirit will be walking away. So, if repentance is the act of walking away, what are we walking into? We're walking into restoration. Restoration. So this month, we're actually going to be looking at this idea of God's restoration in our lives and what he actually wants us to walk into. We're going to be unpacking what it means to be restored from shame. So let's look at our key verse, Joel 2, 25 to 27 in the New King James Version. So I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten. The crawling locust, the consuming locust, the chewing locust, all the locusts, You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people will never be put to shame. Then you will know that I am in the midst of you. I am the Lord your God and there is no other. My people will never be put to shame. And as I was praying about what to share this morning, I just really felt that God wanted to impart hope to you. Hope for the journey, hope that He will restore. Encouraged to step into your restory. And Steve kind of laughed at me when I suggested that this could be like the title for our story, your restoration story, your restory. Who's a little bit like, <laughs> but you'll remember it now. So the title of my message is um, Step Into Your Restory. All right, so I'm going to tell you a story this morning that we have been walking through for the last. Probably eight years, probably longer. Um, but we've had a significant victory this week, and um, not that I only want to share the story at the like a victory point. But um, yeah, I just I, I felt to share this story with you. When we moved to Canberra from Perth eight years ago, um, we our financial situation was not super great. It was not good <laughs> um, for a number of reasons. The global financial crisis had meant that there hadn't been much contract work for Steve in Perth. We had a personal loan for a new car, which we um, had taken out when we were newly married and which we were then struggling to pay off. We had um, a two-year-old and another baby on the way. Um, A family company Steve had been a part of before we were married was audited, and though it had operated on the information they had and the advice of our accountant, it was found that there had been some mistakes made. The company was issued some fines and a significant debt, which we took on the sole responsibility for paying, even though there had been others involved. And I found the injustice of that really hard, um, even though I was like, it's the right thing to do. Um, And I had a lot of anger and resentment about it. We moved to Canberra to take up a full-time job and for some steady income, and Steve put his own company, which he'd been contracting under, to the side. We spent the next few years Paying off the debt and making ends meet, living paycheck to paycheck, driving bomb cars. Has anyone else driven bomb cars? <laughs> where you're like, is this car gonna get where I need to go? <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah, it's not super fun. Um, I definitely always felt ag- anxiety about it. We felt stuck, and we didn't feel at all hopeful about our finances. We also felt a lot of shame about where we were at and fearful about our financial future. And I probably actually felt fearful about life in general. I definitely couldn't see any way that we'd ever be in a position to own our own home. Each year there was a payment we had to make to keep Steve's company registered, and even, even though we weren't using it. And it was a source of tension in our marriage as we wrestled with whether to close it down or not. But as we brought it to God, there was a small seed of hope that if we held on to it, Maybe something would come of it in the future. We prayed and asked God to help and started stepping with him. God led us into repentance, repenting from trusting things other than him to provide for us. God led us into moments of forgiveness, forgiving others the debt that we'd been left with and trusting him to restore. Forgiving each other for unwise spending and avoiding habits avoiding things that we had fallen into, God extended forgiveness to us and we learnt how to receive it. Because there were some lies we'd inherited that were keeping us stuck and areas we just didn't know any better. God led us into truth, teaching us through his word what his plan for our finances was. We began to partner with him and the resources and wisdom he sent us to help us start moving out of debt and into freedom. We confessed to friends and asked them to pray with and encourage us. We gave each other space to work through the pain with God. There were some really hard seasons where um, we had to swallow our pride and ask for help and receive guidance. And um, I don't know if any of you have felt that, but just it's hard. It's hard when you have to actually swallow your pride and go, I actually don't have the resources, I don't know what to do here and I need help. God began to teach us to trust him as our provider. He gave us fresh vision for our lives and we started to dream again. We dreamed of being able to be a safe place for others, to have a home of our own to share with others, where healing conversations happen around the dinner table. For being, not, um, being able to not just have enough to get by, but more than enough for every good work. We dreamed of growing in our capacity to partner with God to see his will done here on earth. And in the past three years, God has actually worked incredible restoration for us. We were able to get a car, one that's reliable and big enough for our growing family. We have a Mazda CX-9, it's got like seven seats. (laughs) And um, that car is, I mean, there's an amazing story with that car in general, but that car is abundantly more than I hoped it could be. We put a plan in place to pay off all our debt and have made significant inroads there. We've been able to start saving for a house. (laughs) Late last year, Steve started a conversation with a company who wanted to buy the name and website for the company we had previously put aside. The CEO flew down and met with Steve to negotiate and they ended up agreeing to pay us um, a significant amount for it, which meant, amongst other things, that we were able to pay off the last of our credit card one month before the interest-free period was up. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Gordon. Um, <clears throat> but not only that, there's more. <laughs> the CEO mentioned that he wanted to start a branch of his company in Canberra and asked whether Steve might be interested in being part of it. At that time, we weren't sure because we had, I guess, a sense of vision for where we were at, um, but we just felt to kept stepping and praying that God would open and, and close doors and he would guide us. And just this week, Steve accepted an offer with that company in a leadership position to help start a branch here, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is something he's dreamed of doing for years being able to help shape the culture of a business so that it blesses the people who are in it and the people being served by it. It also comes with a pay rise which helps us significantly in being able to make decisions to move towards the things that God has placed in our hearts to do. And would you know, the name of the company is the same as the company that we put aside when we moved here. How fun! (laughs) God is just so fun, the way that he works things together. And that journey, it's a long journey. We're not at the end of it. We're at like a celebrate moment of it. But it's not a story about us accumulating stuff. It's not about the stuff to us. This story is about restoration of hope. The story is the restoration of the ability to dream with God and partner with him, to make intentional decisions in our day-to-day um, that are not led by fear, but by faith. And I, there's been a lot of decisions that I've made that have been led by fear, but I don't want to live like that. God not only restored the debt we paid, which we had felt was unjust, He's move, moved us from just surviving to actually coming alive in Him and working with Him. Good, hey. Can we just say thanks, God? Can we have a moment where we just celebrate? Um God, just thank you. (laughs) And there's been so many of you who've actually journeyed that with us, and and that's been an incredible blessing to us. Like, Yeah, I'll get into that later. Cool. So, this morning, I wonder if there's places in your story where you feel stuck, where you've lost hope, where things have been stolen, where there's been lack, where there's been injustice. Where are the painful places in your life? What do you feel angry about? Where do you feel shame? Maybe you're stuck in the consequences of things that you did and you just can't see a way out. I have a hunch that we all have these kinds of places in our stories. Places where shame says, You're doing it wrong. It's never going to be any different. You brought this on yourself. You should have known better. But I believe God wants to remind us today of his promise that he will restore and wants to encourage us to step into his restoration story in our lives. This book, the Bible, tells the story of like the overarching story of God's restoration of people to himself. It's a beautiful story and it's also st- chock full of stories of broken, messy, imperfect people and how he worked restoration in and through them. How each of these stories actually fit into his overarching story of restoration. Abraham was promised that he would be the father of nations but lived with that, um, that promise unfulfilled for like a hundred years. But God gave him a son and then he was actually able to be the father of many nations. Job was extremely wealthy, lost it all, everything a person could lose, and God restored it back to him abundantly. Joseph was given dreams that he would rule, yet he was sold into slavery in Egypt. But this was just the setup so that Joseph would be in the right place to interpret Pharaoh's dream and save all of Egypt by extension, the nation of Israel from a seven-year famine. Moses was chased out of Egypt and seemingly out of the promise that he would be the hope and the instrument for Israel. But he was then brought back, literally from the back end of the desert, to fulfill that promise spectacularly. David was anointed king and then spent seven years running for his life. After that, God fulfilled the promise and David became one of the greatest kings Israel ever knew. Naomi lost her husband, her two sons, land and livelihood, and restu- returned to Judea desti- destitute. But in the end, her daughter-in-law married a powerful man, Boaz, to redeem her land and family. Also not a coincidence, Ruth's great-grandson was David, who is actually one of the ancestors of Jesus. So Naomi ended up being in the family line of Jesus. How's that for restoration? <laughs> Peter, one of the disciples of Jesus walked with Jesus during his ministry and was one of his best friends, but in the end, out of self-preservation, denied that he even knew Jesus at all, three times. Can you imagine the guilt, the shame and the self-hatred he must have felt for that one moment of weakness? Yet, Jesus restored the relationship with Peter as he asked Peter three times if he loved him and then commissioned Peter to feed his sheep. He commissioned him into ministry and loving his church. Jesus trusted his sheep to Peter, even though Peter had been the person who denied him three times. How incredible is that restoration? There are many verses in the Bible which assure us of God's promise to restore. We've got Joel 2.25, so I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according, according to his purpose. Hebrews 12, 1 and 3. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. And other versions say the author and finisher of our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And now he's seated at the place of honor beside God's throne. So how can you engage in God's plan for restoration in your life? How do you step into your restory? Okay, so I've, I've got a few steps this morning, and this is not by any means a linear process or an exhaustive list. But I'm hoping that um, they're just steps from our journey and backed up by Scripture. And I just wanted to encourage you, if you find yourself in one of these steps, to actually take that step in this month, in this week. They're daily steps. They're not like a big point in time or wait until moment. These are the steps of a disciple. Maybe you need to take a step of repentance. Acts 3:19 says, Repent then and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing will come from the Lord. One of the first things we need to do is actually repent of any wrongdoing so that we can walk into restoration. Walk away so that you can walk into restoration. Forgiveness, Ephesians 4. 31 to 32. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and an- anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ um, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Forgiveness releases people from the debt. Receiving God re- God's forgiveness releases you from the debt. Through the process of forgiveness, we let go. Forgiveness redirects our need to the only one who can truly meet that need. If you're looking to someone else to meet a need, you're looking in the wrong place. He's our provider. And we can get so caught up in maybe the injustice of our situation that we're trying to make the other person do what we thought they should have done or meet a need that they should have met. But God says we can actually be okay even if they never change. We can come to Him and actually ask Him to meet those needs. Surrender. Isaiah fifty-five eight to nine says, "For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways," declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Sometimes we need a hefty reminder that He is God, and we are not. Isaiah forty-eight. 17 says, this is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God, who teaches you what is best for you, who directs you in the way that you should go. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not wart. He leads me beside green pastures. He restores my soul. It's a wonderful excerpt to just meditate in. And Psalm 139, which I won't read, but go, go have a look there too. Let go of trying to write your story by yourself and let God author it. And you'll find that he'll invite you to co-author with him. Which, that's a really fun process. I'm reminded of a song that Steve and I really loved earlier in our marriage. Um, it's by Fru Fru, and it, I don't, probably no one's heard of this, but chuck up your hand if you have. Um, it's called Let Go, and the chorus says, Let go, let go, jump in. What are you waiting for? There's beauty in the breakdown, there's beauty in letting go. Learn to discern when you're being led in wisdom and when it's actually fear and control posing as wisdom. I've done that one many times. (laughs) Wait well. Patience is waiting well. This may not be a step, but it's a stance in the story. And I don't always wait well. I get angry and I want to take things into my own hands. Anybody else? (laughs) Um, Sometimes I get stuck in self-pity and being the victim. Sometimes I get really tired and discouraged and I just want to hide. When it gets too painful, I look to things to numb the pain. I try to carry things that are not mine to carry. And maybe you do too. But these things just reveal that my trust is misplaced. That there are idols I put between myself and God. Because anything you turn to when you should be turning to God is an idol. Anything that you put in between yourself and God is an idol but it's his kindness to allow these things to be revealed and to lead me to repentance and back to him how long lord is often the cry of my heart and i'm glad that david in the psalms that it's his cry too so let's just have a quick look at psalm 13 (laughs) oh david man of many emotions (laughs) Makes me feel okay, because we all have emotions. right? How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with the thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer. Lord, my God, give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say I have overcome him. And my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart always rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. I love that David always ends with a but. He might like, you know, blur his (laughs) emotions. But he knew the pivot point of trusting in God. In your waiting, take a stance of praise and thanksgiving. Praise before the breakthrough. Ask God for a word from him to give you hope and tether you. A verse, a song, something which lifts your eyes and reminds you of who he is and his promises to you. Then declare it. Sometimes you'll be able to declare it with boldness and strength and yes! (laughs) And sometimes you'll whisper it through tears. There's many songs that I've sung really quietly and the faith has been really small and, and felt insignificant, but God sees even the faith of a mustard seed as powerful, powerful enough to move mountains. While you're waiting, look for God's working along the way. He's so kind and he sends us encouragement, just little things to know, like to help us know, hey, I've got this. Have eyes to see it. God is speaking to you all the time. He speaks through creation. He speaks through our friends. He speaks through our word. You have five senses. He's really creative. He's got lots of ways to speak to us. And we get a chance to just tune in and listen to him. So, side note, I have a gift for you all. Um, Because I have found music to be so powerful and so helpful to me as I'm journeying things with God. There are so often albums or songs that become, that take me back to seasons and moments in time or things that I was journeying with God that actually sang the song of my heart, that actually articulated maybe the hurt or the pain or the desire of my heart to to trust in God even though I was really struggling with it. Songs like, Take Courage My Heart, stay steadfast my soul he's in the waiting when we sang that in in church it was really really personal to me because we were right in the midst of waiting for something that we've been waiting for for a long time and there's power in that when we're actually singing songs that we've got a history with that we're actually personally journeying songs like promises never fail new wine oh new wine has been the song of this year (laughs) in the crushing <laughs> um, but also where it says I came here with nothing but all that you have given me and that I resonate really strongly with that when we came here we <laughs> like I feel like we came here with nothing <laughs> but he's given us so much and that process of surrendering before him is just so important songs like beautiful story has anyone heard that song it's from the belonging co Um, and it just says he writes a beautiful story and I believe you write a beautiful story you work all things together for good like you said you would so I'm going to put them in a Spotify playlist for you all which will kind of do a link just in case some of those songs might actually help you with what you're journeying Another step, find a friend. David had Jonathan. Moses had Aaron. Naomi had Ruth. Paul had Timothy. Jesus had his disciples, who he sent out two by two when they went to minister. And Jesus sent us the Holy Spirit, who he called our comforter and our advocate. Why is it that we think we've got to go alone? Who is with you now in the messy middle of your story? It's the greatest privilege to be able to be with someone and be part of their story. And you might need to regularly remind yourself of that when you're feeling shame and when you're going through stuff. It's a privilege to get to be with each other. There's a song um, I remember by an artist called Sarah Groves where she said, when we're together and we share our things, life is half as hard and twice as good. When you share your burdens with someone, it's not like you're sharing like, the whole burden and putting it on them. It actually halves the burden so that you can carry it together. And it magnifies the celebration. Proverbs seventeen seventeen says, A, lo- a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. If you're not sure where to start or you're saying, Christia, I I don't know that I have a friend like that. I just want to encourage you that God wants you to. That that's his promise to you too, that he has people to journey with you through things, to stand with you. But I'm not going to lie, it actually takes risk and it feels really vulnerable. It feels really vulnerable to invite someone into that mess and they might not get it. But what if they do? And I've had so many friends who've seen me in my mess and have met me with love and with compassion. Would you take a risk maybe this month in letting someone into your story? Maybe the first step is to be a friend in someone else's story. And if someone comes to you and they share something really vulnerable for them, can I just encourage you? They don't need you to fix it. Just be with them just love them, prayerfully consider how, if anything, to say, but there's, it's so beautiful to just be with each other in our mess. James 5.16 says, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Another step, Celebrate! <laughs> Celebrate what God has already done in your life. Joy is our strength. Stock up. Refuel because your story is not over and the testimony of what God has done in your life will be the life source to help you endure through coming trials. It's really important that we celebrate. And I don't know if it's like an Australian culture thing, but you know when something good happens and you're like, oh, yeah, it's just, yeah, a good thing happened. I just kind of quietly say it. Let's celebrate. We actually need to celebrate the good things that God's done in our life. It's important. Joy helps us through trials. Joy actually gives us strength to have self-control and to endure. Share your story. Let's go back to Joel 1, 2 to 3, where it says, pass the story down from generation to generation. Now, We do need to be discerning because not all of your story is for everyone. Some parts are just for you and God, some for the ones who've journeyed closest to you. But be open handed. It's God's story written on your life, and there are times when He'll ask you to share it vulnerably and bravely to bless and impart hope and faith to the people around you. What stories do you need to hear? Not to try and find a formula for how you think God will work that story in your life. (laughs) But to receive an impartation of faith and hope. Who can you get around? Who can you bravely ask to stand with you in the middle of your mess and to share their story of victory? What would it look like if over the next month we all took a step forward in the story of restoration God is writing in our lives. Who are you sto- sharing your stories of revelation? Of, sorry, of restoration with? Do your kids know? Do your kids know what God's done in your life? Do the people in your connect group know your stories? What would it be like if we spent time in the next month round the table, sharing the stories of God's goodness in our lives? who might be encouraged, who might receive hope, who might receive Jesus. That really excites me. I'm excited about what God's going to do in and through us as we step into our stories of restoration. Worship team, can I ask you to come as we close today? I'd really like to pray for two groups of people and give you an opportunity to respond before God today. I'm not going to ask anyone to come out the front, but if you would just mind all closing your eyes in this moment, I want to give people just that that dignity. I'm the only one with my eyes open, but I just want to bear witness to your decision this morning if that's you. I want to acknowledge your brave step. So firstly, there's people here today who've never actually heard that God has a plan for your life. But you want him to come and restore you. You want to step into his story of restoration in your life. So if that's you, would you bravely put your hand up and I'd love to acknowledge with you and stand with you this morning. Just going to wait a minute longer. God does have a really wonderful plan for your life. Not to live in fear, but to live in hope and in faith. Would you say yes to him this morning? The second group of people I want to make an opportunity for are people who know they've been writing their own story. And God isn't the author. God is maybe the editor or on the side giving suggestions Or maybe you're flat out ignoring him. But today you want to let go and let him write again. You want to step into the, the story of restoration in your life. It's not really a problem if this is your first or second or hundredth time. I suspect we're all going to be doing this over and over because we're human. But if you want god to be the author of your story again this morning would you raise your hand thank you god thank you god thank you thank you god God, I thank you for every person who has just acknowledged to you that they want you to be their author, that they want to step into afresh your story of restoration in their lives. Lord, I pray that you would impart hope to them in this moment. God, that you would give them a courage to take bold steps. Lord, that you would lead them. God, that you'd guide them. Lord, they'd know which steps to take and when. God, I thank you that you'd resource them, that you'd provide everything that they need. Lord, I pray for friends who will come alongside them and encourage them and stand with them in the journey. Thank you so much for responding to him this morning. I'm just going to pray over all of you as well. God, I thank you for every life represented here. Thank you for how we all fit into the restoration story that you are weaving through time. the story of your love for us that is really hard to fathom. Lord, I pray that you would lead us into bold steps with you this month. God that you would actually you give us courage to share our stories. God, you give us wisdom about when to share them and who to share them with. Lord, that you would enable us to step further and further into your restoration plan for our lives. God, I pray for refreshing, for faith to fill people. Lord, I pray for discernment about which steps to take. Would you all stand? Let's just lift our hands. Lifting our hands is just an act of surrender before God. God, we just thank you and we acknowledge you as the author and finisher of our faith. Lord, we repent of any way that we have tried to take control and write our own stories. Lord, I pray that you would just remove shame. You'd remove guilt from people this morning. Lord, anything that's blocking us from moving forward with you. I thank you that you're so good. You're so God and you're so good. <laughs> Lord, I pray that every life here would bring you glory, that you would be continuously and in a multiplied way being glorified in our midst. Oh, we just praise you. Let's just begin to praise him. We thank you, God. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for everything that you're doing in and through us. Thank you that for everything that you're going to do in our church and through our church and into our community in the coming months. You're so good. Amen. I just want to make available to you our prayer team um, who are just wonderful in the way they serve us. Has anyone else been really blessed that we have a prayer team now that will just come and pray with us? So after the service, if, you, if there's anything that you resonated with those steps and you know, I just want to take a step before God, our prayer team and I will just be here at the end and you can come and receive um, prayer and we will just want to stand with you as if you need to take a step of repentance or of forgiveness or, or just praise or celebration or you want to pray for some friends, just come forward, we'd love to stand with you.